I broke everything. I'm a vampire. Kill me. Kill me. I was a little drunk. Plus, I was horny. Am I getting through to you? Over! Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Vampire's Piss. This is episode 26, and I uh, I, I have watched Vampire's Kiss, the Nicolas Cage classic, 26 times. And I am joined by a special guest. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself, special guest? Yeah, hi. I'm Casey Cronin. Um, I'm... In the friend group, and mm-hmm. I decided to also watch <laughs> Vampire's Kiss just and yesterday. I'm so excited to hear what you have to say about it. I saw you. I got like your messages about you watching it yesterday, uh, and you had to like stop right before the 15 minute mark. And I was like, oh boy, she's <laughs> in for she's in for some treats right after that 15 minute mark. Oh my god. Uh, yeah um so uh so like what did you think i'm 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 so excited to to hear your thoughts yeah i had no idea what to expect going Mm -hmm. into it because i had never like i never looked up what the synopsis was so um i was confused uh watching it understandably yeah, I kind of assumed that it was in in a world where vampires exist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was New York City and and the, it turns out they didn't um yeah, the the film really went up to not just 11 but 100 from the outset mm-hmm. and it stayed there the whole time and we can all i can't think... imagine watching it once a week for <laughs> a whole year <laughs> yeah it's been uh it's been an interesting experience and we can all thank nicholas cage for that because he brought 100 percent of the heat for his performance as peter lowe <laughs> yeah and i also like i'm I was perplexed mm-hmm. and intrigued mm-hmm. uh, by the choices because someone else signed off on those. There was a director, yeah, you know, and which directors of all sorts of yeah aspects of the film that also signed off on it. And I wonder why was this film made? What it's... did they want us to get from it? It's interesting. I did a little bit of research last night because. Um... My friend of the show, Stina, uh, Stina Campbell, uh, who is who you, you listeners may remember her from a much earlier episode, um, sent, she actually sent me this like cool article about the making of this movie. And there's all kinds of like crazy stuff in there that I'll share later, which is basically what informed my watch last night. Um, but it's interesting. I, 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 me and anyone who's been on the show have been kind of like saying about how 
the director didn't like Nicolas Cage because he kept doing all this stuff and whatever. It actually turns out, I think the director liked Nicolas Cage just fine. I think it's one of the producers that did not like him because of all the shit he wanted to do. All this crazy shit. Uh, And... uh, like she hated him and was like, fuck that guy. He is being insane. Uh, and then the director was like, wait, but no, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> so those were choices that he made mm-hmm. that the, the director, director said, off on. brilliant, golden. Most specifically, the cockroach scene was mm. Cage's idea. And it was actually the only change to the script that was made. So it seems like Nicolas Cage actually stuck to the script almost word for word. He just put his spin on it, you know? Wow. So him walking around the streets of Manhattan just yelling, Aah! Yeah. Yeah. For like a full minute of the runtime. Mm-hmm. That was in the script. Oh, yeah, that was in the script. But also, funnily enough, that uh, people didn't know Nick Cage back then. He was not really famous yet. Um, and so those scenes were actually shot on the streets of New York. Not shutting them down, not hiring actors or extras, no, nothing. It was just Robert Bierman and the DOP and all the crew were across the street from Nick Cage shooting him while he was doing that, just around random people <laughs> that i i actually respect actually yeah so those are genuine new yorkers who are like fucking you know stopping their car honking at him like get the fuck out of the road buddy <laughs> it's like wow that's, or, that's real uh, or really trying to ignore him trying really hard oh yeah not that, pay attention to him i'm sure <laughs> yeah and you know what they those that's the most new york thing ever I feel like if I saw yeah. Peter Lowe in the streets trying to tell me to kill him because his girlfriend dumped him, I would also just keep walking. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I could respect the uh, mm-hmm. the art in public of uh, of it all. <laughs> <laughs> now you just have to wonder were those mimes also? Oh, the genuine mimes. New York, or was that? something added into the movie do you know or or i don't know uh, this is this is a question yeah i'm 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 wondering are those are those naturally occurring new york mimes or (laughs) did did robert bierman put them there uh we can only wonder um but yeah uh so what else did you think about the film besides its, you know, genuine insanity? Yeah. Um, before, before the reveal of, mm-hmm. um, of that, it was all in his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if, if people have been listening For, this far, uh, they're long since spoiled. <laughs> okay. That it was yeah. all in his head. I was, um, I was wondering, what what account we were watching you know is mm. is what we're watching essentially what's going on in his head like this story that he's trying to tell to his psychiatrist 
and we're oh, just seeing sure. that or, I mean, or that... what? Because I was expecting him, based on all of the shots throughout the film of him passing by mirrors and all mm-hmm. of that talk of like yeah. der Spiegel, yeah. um, which means mirror in German. I'm sure it's come up before. Ah. Um, I think it's also, I, uh, I actually didn't know that. You've, uh, you've, you've added a new nugget of knowledge to the pod. Ah, there we go. I think that's all, yeah, is that I, not also a literary company, like a real one? Oh no, it definitely is. It's okay. real. Yeah. I'm just saying, I, I wonder if they picked it because it's, it reads the mirror. Yeah, I think. <laughs> but I think then you're again, that's something. a very common newspaper title. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, I was expecting him to slowly start turning into a vampire because I went mm-hmm. into the film thinking, all right. It's film about vampires. We have to acknowledge that they exist, especially because it went so long in the runtime before he said the word vampire. Yeah. And yeah, one of the things in these films about like vampires and zombies, for example, or ghosts is that they never say the word vampire, zombie, or ghost. They always come up with something different to say to acknowledge it. So that's... why I assumed that the vampire was real and he was really gonna start turning into a vampire. <laughs> I uh, there have been many reads on this by other guests, by me, by uh, my other host Matt, who is away on vacation at the moment. Um, and that is one of them for sure that it's all in his head and i think it honestly you know what i know about the the script writer now is probably the right one because it's this this movie's tone i think 100% comes from the the screenwriter because he wrote this while on a bad vacation with his girlfriend about his girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <Sorry>. right. That's <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh boy, oh brother. Okay, Jennifer Beals is supposed to be his girlfriend. That's uh, ooh. <laughs> You're with me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh, that's I think, brilliant. I think that's the that's that's the right read. Um, lately, I've been reading it is that she is genuinely a vampire, and she just has decided not to turn him and is just kind of ruining his life for fun because I think there's too much. I think there's too much evidence that she's a vampire to uh, believe otherwise for now. I I might think different later. (laughs) She seems to be a real person like Mm -hmm. in the party scene when she's finally wearing a different color other than black she's wearing a red dress <laughs> yes um, yes i want i want to know what the significance is of that but um mm. she has another another uh dude who uh, yeah who's by her side and doesn't have any other character traits other than he's with her yeah he's with her now yeah um but like how would so how I would peter wonder. know about him how would peter know that he was there before uh actually seeing her for the first time if she was in fact a delusion right right because he would Maybe. be a delusion too yeah yeah <laughs> he he oh. i I, th- I think those two are vampires and they're like messing with him 
Because uh, that's what they do because they're mm-hmm. immortal and they're bored. Exactly. And they're like, what if I ruined this stupid nerd's life? She really did have excellent earrings, though. Yeah, she did. Jennifer Beals looks great in this movie. Her outfits are amazing. Her accessories are incredible. She just, she kills it. Which She, I, she yeah. did. Which I read that uh, Nicolas Cage, like, did not like her at all on the set of this movie, which is so sad, because I think she's cool. <laughs> um, I think, but it, it's kind of a funny reason why he didn't like her, because he wanted his girlfriend, uh, Patricia Arquette, at the time, to be cast as Rachel. And the director was like, no, we're, we have Jennifer Beals for this. And he was, the, after that, he just was very, like, cold to her on set. Oh no! I know. I was like, "Come on, man! You, you <laughs> that's such a that's such a childish reason to be mad at someone because your girlfriend isn't playing uh isn't playing your vampire girlfriend who gaslights you and dumps you." <laughs> <laughs> um, there was someone else who was supposed to be attached to this project, but I already forgot who it was. But she turned down the role because her boyfriend. Next week. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I'll I'll remember the name next week. But she turned down the role of Rachel because she, her boyfriend said he would break up with her if she made love to Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh wow, and he wasn't even that well known at the time. No, apparently. I don't know how no. this guy knew who he was. Oh. Uh. Throughout watching the film, I was wondering, how would you make, how would somebody else go about making this film, but in a way that, mm, I don't want to be that critical. I don't want to be mean, but in a it's, way that makes sense. No, I, like, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, because, um, he kind of he did turn into Nosferatu like immediately. Yeah. He started out that way. Mm-hmm. He started out unsympathetic. Yes. So Which I think is a symptom. It down first. Yeah, I think that's a symptom of this being in the eighties and it being like we're supposed to feel bad for this man whose life is really inconvenienced by the fact that uh, nobody loves him. Uh. <laughs> right, we're supposed to feel bad for him. Yeah. And yet they included a scene in the film early on of him laughing with all the other dudes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Metaphorical vampires, so to speak, about their poor treatment of their coworkers. Yeah. So Which is yeah. It's what uh, it's what drew me and Matt to comparing it to American Psycho. I don't know if you've seen American Psycho. Oh no, I haven't. Mm. But um, that one's much more graphic. Mm. But it is well, that's actually not very graphic at all. But it is like depraved. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I've, I've heard about the film. It's good. Um, yeah. It just remind that scene reminded us of American Psycho, and now it's like we talk about it all the time because it's. I, I think it's a better film. Don't tell Matt. Um. <laughs> oh, I I believe you. I haven't seen it, but I've seen Vampire's Kiss. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm getting the impression. I'm sorry. I'm being so mean. It's, I I actually hey. I actually watched it, and I didn't hate watch it. I actually mm-hmm. watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, because yeah. I think the premise has a lot of potential. It's got a lot of legs, and I think that those legs are explored in many other movies too. Because this isn't the only movie that explores like some dude going crazy thinking he's a vampire and you don't you don't know whether he's a vampire or not there's several of them uh, i've still yet to watch them uh there's martin there's once bitten uh i'm sure there's others uh but yeah there's like several of these movies um so i don't know if this is the most well executed one i will find out um mm. Compare and contrast. Yeah. Um, but I, I get the impression that you didn't think he was a vampire this time. Uh, mm, no. When, yeah. when I was first watching it um, and he was kind of going through the expected changes like mm-hmm. sensitivity to light and sensitivity to crucifixes and such mm-hmm. um i thought all right yeah he's turning into a vampire i know what to expect yeah but then after he attacked alba and stole her crucifix necklace i thought mm-hmm. well what's up with that there's an inconsistency there that makes me question as to whether he's a vampire or not he's so full of contradictions Okay. Yeah, he he does right. this, he does this with sunlight too where he's like there's that scene where he's like standing in his room after he's like anti sunlight like the window with the windows and stuff and he, there's like the phones ring. Yeah, and he like reaches out and then he reaches back because the sunlight hurt him. But then he like r- runs over to the phone and rips it off the wall and throws it on the ground and then just starts standing in that exact sunbeam. So Exactly. Yeah, he's he's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but was that on purpose, or was that just they forgot the they forgot <laughs> the stakes that they already put out in the film? Uh, hard to say. I think I have to watch it twenty six more times to be sure. Um, <laughs> <gasps> Wow, we're halfway through the year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was this was my halfway mark. It was a very cozy watch. I watched it in bed because it was cold. It's cold in my house right now. Oh, okay. I know. Yeah. Hence can the you... blanket. Yeah. I don't can know you... if listeners can see. <laughs> they can't. The blanket. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm wrapped the hell up. It's uh, the the heat in our house doesn't work, and it's like. Uh, it's California cold, so like our low has the, the lowest it's been so far has been like forty five. <laughs> That's cold. I mean, it's if cold, you're used but to uh, I'm, I'm used California to California comfort. Mm-hmm. That's cold. It's cold, but I, I grew up in northern New York, so I'm like used to like twenty below. Oh God! Oh, yeah, God. yeah, no. or, yeah. It's pretty bad. <laughs> Um, but back to back to watching the film. Yeah. Did you have any? Did you have any snacks? Did you have any themed snacks when you went into it that you uh, uh, planned out that eventually abandoned? No, you know I hadn't even. I've never thought about snacking during this movie. 
That's a great hmm. idea. I should like have a watch where I get really into the themed snacks of the movie. Yeah, uh, like after he ate the cockroach, uh-huh. I was wondering. But you really did. He so really did that. He. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, protein, but there's better ways. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, there had to be a reason specifically why they included that in the film. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe it has something to do with his progression of just what he eats. Because I'm pretty sure he was popping like Tic Tacs or mints or something at one point in the beginning of the film. Yes. I think he was... He was definitely aggressively snacking on something. And then there's the pigeon. Mm -hmm. Well, no, the cockroach, then the pigeon. And then he attacks the human and drinks her blood, presumably. He also does pistachios in the office when he's... uh... Pistachios. Yeah. That was it. Well, no, you're right about the mints, too, because he goes on a... He, He eats a bunch of mints before he's about to go see Jackie for the second time. But or he's he's like he like arranged the date with Jackie and he's getting ready and then Rachel shows up and is like get back in here and he's right, like right, eating right. mints during that so what the progression <laughs> nervously is nervously eating mints yeah I think you're, the progression so if I understand you the progression of snacks that I should be following throughout the movie is mints uh, pistachios cockroaches I'm on board so far um pigeons microwaved uh, presumably um yeah. and then human blood tone it down <laughs> you can tone it down you can uh, pick popcorn <laughs> uh I, I i i you know what's funny i do have like like blood bags for like like putting blood in well they're for putting yes. drinks in like because oh, I, for I a see. Halloween party, but I could make like a fruit punch and drink that during the movie. Hmm. Ooh, high fructose corn syrup. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, damn. Oh, maybe I'll. No. Maybe I'll. Maybe I'll have a snack night. You've really inspired me. That that that'll, <laughs> that'll be that'll be a real treat. Just to like prepare some vampires kiss specific snacks. I have to figure out how I'm gonna realize microwave pigeon and and uh bugs without actually doing those things i don't know if there's pigeons out here i haven't seen any somebody got to them first oh yeah nicholas cage i think <laughs> nicholas cage lives here <laughs> oh um it's Ooh, int- i want to know yeah about his accent i couldn't place it it was a little bit of stewie griffin a little bit of Moira Rose, <laughs> but they didn't even exist at the time who am I thinking of? Oh, he sounded man. just like someone. Uh, I don't know. See, I used to think that it was a Philly accent, but um, my 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 friend Stina told me it was a transatlantic accent. So now I don't know. Now I don't know what to think about this accent. It's inscrutable. They talk like that somewhere. I guess I I find it hard to believe because I really. I really feel like he uh, is trying to do a British accent, but also like uh, yeah, infusing it with there surfer was... bro. <laughs> For sure. Um, there was that scene when in the beginning of the film when he was coming out of the club and he was uh, he was drunk mm-hmm. and very much in 
an English allowed English accent <laughs> of some sort. Yeah. And I thought to myself, is this his real accent? Oh no, he's probably just putting he's on an around. act. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, he's just you know, he's just being funny. Um mm-hmm. that was when he was like banishing the cab driver. Oh, it was like when she was yes, like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, every time he does that, I'm just like, I cannot believe that Jackie agrees to go to bed with you. Because <laughs> he, he, I don't know if you caught it, but he also talks about the Fantastic Four the entire walk home. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, bro. <laughs> I, I assumed it was a short walk, but it could have been a long walk. I mean, even if it's walk. a couple blocks, dude, they're drunk and stumbling. I'm just like, dude. Talk about the Fantastic Four the whole time after doing your knave accent. If you stay focused on Mm. one thing in conversation, it makes walking a lot easier. Well, true, true. Um, Yeah, I don't know. His accent's unplaceable, but I feel like there's several times during the movie where his accent like veers into being British very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. But every it, single time when he says, I don't know. Yeah. Or some such thing, I wonder what's, what are you doing? Yeah. What, what was that choice, buddy? The the moment where he's like running into the sunshine and he's like, I can't take it anymore. I'm just like, mm. he says can't. And I'm like, dude, are you trying to be British? What's going on? What's going on with you, Nick Cage? I think but this at is at the same time. Yeah. You have to wonder if if his inconsistencies with his own accent are a symptom of whatever or yeah. An outward expression of whatever he's going through because he doesn't even know if he's a vampire or not. It's true. It's true. Um yeah, I don't know. He this is this is an extremely layered performance, and it takes time to peel all those layers back. <laughs> um, uh, so um, the one of the things we like to do on this show is we like to uh, observe little things that happen in the movie or we perceive in the movie as a, a special power, a special vampire power that Peter Peter Lowe might have uh, because he, uh, we, we sort of, if he is a vampire, he's like definitely like those vampires from Twilight where they all have a unique power that's unique to them. Um, so I was wondering, did you observe any abilities or powers coming from Peter Lowe this watch? I have to I have to think about it definitely um yeah because I he mean you so could much. you could say like the sarcastic answer of oh the ability to sleep underneath an overturned sofa mm-hmm. or or whatever which um but superpower wise mm-hmm. there's there's got to be something there yeah um I mean the the ability to be motivated and driven enough to do gross things like eating a pigeon 
like Only... you could tell me like for seven million dollars go catch a new york city pigeon yeah the grocer pigeons eat it <laughs> yeah yeah raw or and then continue on your day and go to work the next day <laughs> that takes a lot of determination and willpower it's like the same thing as saying you know like stick your hand over this candle mm-hmm. and then keep it there for an hour yeah like maybe you could tell yourself to try but you can't do it it's a supernatural unless you have that superpower yeah it's a supernatural determination that only nosferatu would have yeah yeah um yeah i uh i observed a power of his i i observed it off screen it was uh this comes from a fun fact I I learned during that article, but I observed it off screen uh, during the movie. Apparently, uh, and this this may not be true. This may be the crew just making shit up. But apparently, Nick Cage, in order to get in the mood for his love scenes with Jennifer Beals, he needed hot yogurt to be poured on his toes, <laughs> which. I guess is evidenced by the fact that you never see his feet during those scenes. <laughs> so my Whoa. my theory here, my vampire power I think he has is he can consume yogurt through his toes. Yeah. Sorry, you can edit that out. I don't edit anything <laughs> out of this show. Oh, I don't. No. <laughs> the only editing I've ever done is to is <laughs> I'm dying. Uh, it's okay. Listen, we we love the <laughs> enthusiasm, um, <laughs> but you get it. You see the vision. You see the power for its uh, uh, potential. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the that's all. We'll speculate on his vampiric abilities for now. Um, <laughs> I, I have another question for you. Um, do you remember that scene where he's on the phone with Dr. Glazer after he's bought the vampire teeth? Um, it's like he bought the vampire teeth and it's like nighttime and he like goes and calls her and while he's like trying to get his appointment pushed up sooner. Um, and during that scene, she's like, it's clearly nighttime. She's clearly like just gotten out of the shower. Um, during that scene, uh, there's like a a handsome guy who like comes and is like, hey, come back to bed, and like kisses her on the cheek, and then leaves frame. Do you think that guy was Emilio? Do I think that guy was Emilio? The thought crossed my head. Is that Emilio? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the thought okay. crossed my head. Mm-hmm. It did. But. Say more. It couldn't be, though, right? It couldn't be. That would be too much of a coincidence. Maybe it's a conspiracy. Wait, See, what would that... But what... I mean, surely not. <laughs> surely it's not Emilio. But uh-huh. what would it mean if that were Emilio? Because it could be that this entire conversation was in his head anyway. Mm-hmm. And he does Wait, does he know Emilio? 
Well, surely he stalked mm, Alba enough to. Yeah, he knows of know him. her life. Yeah, he knows, he knows of him, especially by that point, because um, she she tells him that just to go give some money to his her brother in that cab ride. So he knows she has a brother. I don't think he knows his name or what he looks like until the very end. Um, oh, right. Yeah. <gasps> but what would it mean? What it, would it mean if, <laughs> if he imagines that his psychiatrist is sleeping with his, his employee's brother? What would that mean? Uh, I think it's just another nail in his coffin. It's like the final nail in his coffin of being driven insane by seeing everyone around him in love. Uh, that oh. even his therapist is uh, finding love in the big city. And that's just like the final nail in his coffin. And it is, and Emilio is the one to drive that nail in. Allegedly. That's true. That's true. Right. But he also is just not in the Yeah, because shot. we never see him leave. Yeah, he's just gone. So was he ever there? But he was. But was he? Or was he? <laughs> <laughs> this 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 movie leaves you with more questions than answers, honestly. Um Yeah, I mean I like upon a rewatch, which I might, I wanna know if in his vision when he meets Sharon Mm -hmm. um, and she lists a complete lists of all of her interests Mm -hmm. um, and he says those are my exact same four interests too (laughs) are they are they referenced at all in the film beforehand before we we hear Sharon because he he hums something uh, in the beginning of the film was it? I remember I, hearing him hum something or whistle something like three, three or four notes, and I was thinking that's got to be something specific. That's I don't too specific. Remember. I do know what it is, but I don't remember what it because it was in that article actually. It, it cost the mm. the film ten thousand dollars because <laughs> whatever it was, it was a piece of classical music, um, but it. It was not out of copyright yet. The fan, the estate that owned it, still hadn't hadn't like gotten rid of, or it, the copyright hadn't run out. So the director had to, or the the production had to pay like ten thousand dollars because Nick Cage hummed whatever that specific piece of music was. And and somebody signed off on using it in the actual film. Yeah, too. they they didn't do reshoots, which I'm just like, dude. I feel like reshoot at this point. I feel like reshoots would have been much cheaper. <laughs> I can't <laughs> imagine that was a ten thousand dollar day. Although I guess they would have had to yeah. put the apartment back together if they shot it in a certain order. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Eh. Regardless, yeah, whatever it was. Be it Vivaldi or not, uh, he he definitely likes classical music. That's for sure because he keeps humming it while he's at home. Yeah, and he also, um, well, Rachel also calls him like a literary genius and uh, and an angel. Mm-hmm. And I want to know where else 
he demonstrates his genius for mm. literature. Yeah. I think this is the stuff that it would have been, it would have made the film kind of more amazing if we had more of an exposition to see mm -hmm. what good Peter is like because he's never really good before. But then you maybe said that could be a symptom yeah. of... Maybe he just never was good. <laughs> maybe. The... But then if he never was good, it also begs the question, why make the film? <laughs> yeah. What... Like, or maybe this was considered you... good by men's standards in the eighties. Maybe that he was Good like, word. yeah. Maybe this is just like, oh, he's just a poor down on. A, maybe we're supposed to feel that he's just like a down on his luck guy who's just being so tormented by how no women like him in the eighties. These freaking contracts, man! You just don't <laughs> understand. You wouldn't understand. I wouldn't. Um, <clears throat> um, yeah, uh, do, I'm trying to remember what else we do in this show. You'd think I'd know after this long. Um, <laughs> uh, I had an observation last night, but I did it right before bed and I did not take notes this time because I was so cozy. Um, um, we've already discussed whether he's a vampire or not. I don't think he is but i think it's because he's like a thrall um yeah i don't know do you what do you have any other uh thoughts about the movie because i i i think i've run out of factoids from my little uh from my readings i like that everyone clearly took the film very seriously mm-hmm um the the choices that uh that Nick Cage made aside, you know, the like all this and the yep. eye oh yep. you can't see, but like the um the flinging of his hair back and forth yeah. and his eyes going all buggy um aside, everybody else took it so seriously and really uh knocked it out of the park I, the music oh my god the music's so good. creepy and i <laughs> yeah. enjoyed it it I really think... added to the atmosphere but i wish that the atmosphere um <laughs> was ratioed in a different way like there was that intensely well going for intensely scary moment when he was gonna go he was gonna leave his apartment to see mm -hmm. Jackie, and then yeah. there's a knock at the door, and that ramped up um, very quickly to yeah. extremely scary. Um, or, well, Peter was extremely scared at yeah. that moment, but that was the beginning of the film. It's They didn't yeah. ramp up to it. It's such a confused slow burn. Um, and it's also interesting because Pete, or Peter, Nicholas Cage, actually took this role incredibly seriously as well he just decided to make his own decisions with it he was like into that method acting shit um he also really like was channeling like german expressionism with this one i don't know if you've seen any of those like old silent films i uh 
I've seen Metropolis. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, he yeah. he's going with that stuff. Oh, I got that. Yeah, yeah. And so that was his that was his version of taking this incredibly seriously because he there was also like all these disputes with uh because Dennis Quaid was supposed to do it, but then he backed out so he could be in inner space. Um and then Nick Cage was brought on and then uh the writer of the film who was supposed to direct it, he was like, I'm not directing this. I've spent too much time in this headspace because this was like a very personal story for him, which like, yikes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I wouldn't it, want to spend more time in that headspace. Yeah. Like he, it, 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 that's exactly. not a snarky comment. It's, um, no. and like his girlfriend was producing pleasant. this, his ex-girlfriend was producing this movie and he was like, I can't be here. So then he he left the film and then Nick Cage left the film because of that. And then after a series of like annoying events, Nick Cage came back on because he was like, I've been obsessed with this role. I must do this role. I will do this for very little money. I promise. Uh, and hmm. he he took it incredibly seriously um, and did all his weird things with it. Wow. Yeah, it's very strange. This is a very strange movie. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was wondering. Um, is it like after the fact, after watching it, mm -hmm. is it supposed to be a little bit comedic? Um. Because That's... there were a lot of things that um, I was not expecting and just the shock value mm -hmm. of it made me kind of not laugh, but not laugh from a that was yeah. funny standpoint, but laugh from a that was shocking standpoint. Yeah. Like when they're observing the art in the museum mm -hmm. and or in the gallery, sorry. And yeah. um, Jackie asks Peter, so do you like it? And or or like, what do you think? And he yeah. says, after a long pause, I yeah. gotta take a piss. I wasn't expecting that. It's and I wonder if that was for comedy. I don't know. That's the thing about this movie that's so haunting is I just don't know. I don't know if this is supposed to be a funny movie or not. Nick Cage's performance confuses the tone of the movie so much that I'm just like, it. There are funny parts of this movie. There are suspenseful parts of this movie. But I don't know. Ultimately, this movie takes is it so seriously. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. This movie, I, I don't. I'm like one thing that keeps me up at night is I don't know if I'm gonna understand this movie after 52 watches. And in a way, we're all Peter Lowe because <laughs> we're all just watching this movie trying to figure it out. Yeah, trying to trying is to. Is it? A horror, or is it a comedy, or is it a drama? Yeah. Or is it German expressionism? <laughs> I guess I guess we'll have to find out next episode. Um, our time is almost up. Uh, this is a a portion of the show where we recommend like just whatever. Like it can be music, a movie, a show, a game book a piece of art you like uh 
this is yeah me and me and whoever's on the show usually just recommend something so uh i can go first if you have to think of what you want to recommend the audience check out yeah sure i'll think i'll think all right uh let me just uh whip out my letterbox real quick um because i did watch something that i really liked recently and i think everyone should watch it it was oh yes okay uh it's actually a series of things it's called guillermo del toro's cabinet of curiosities it is on yeah it's on netflix it's uh it's a it's like a show um it's hosted by guillermo del toro it is an anthology horror show um uh, which every episode is just a different horror short film directed by various famous directors um You know, in every as is with every anthology series, some of them are really great. Some of them are fun. Uh, some of them are not so good. Um, you know, I'll I'll leave that one up to you. I personally like the autopsy and the viewing. I thought those were the best ones. But um, uh, there's lots of great stuff in there. They're the director of Mandy, uh, also a Nick Cage movie. Um, and the, dir- <laughs> the director of uh, the Babadook uh, and the Nightingale, she also has a short in there. Um, there's other directors I can't remember, but um, it's a it's really it's just a fun show. I really love it. Guillermo del Toro seems like he this is like what he was meant meant for to be a a spooky host for a series of spooky short films with gross monsters in them. Um, he seems like, yeah, he seems like he has a great time with it. Um, so yeah, go ahead and check that out. Guillermo del Toro's cabinet of curiosities. All right. I will. I've heard that he is a wonderful person. He's so cute. Um, I, I love him. (laughs) Yeah. With just the best knowledge of everything creepy, but with, yeah, a really wholesome enthusiasm for oh it. Oh my god! I there's this video of him where he's in Japan, and uh, he gets a surprise in the form of like getting to meet his favorite monster from Ultraman, and like he's so excited, and he like hugs the monster, and he like takes a picture with it. It's just so cute. I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> me too, Guillermo. Uh, me too, Brilliant. man. <laughs> um. Uh, what did you have to uh, to recommend for all our listeners at home? <clears throat> wow. Um, just, I guess, an activity. Lately, I've mm. been using my time trying to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> As we all do. That I never really got around to. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like... In, in my 20s, I had been, you know, meaning to take piano lessons or yeah. meaning to study martial arts. Um, you know, I, I just recommend going ahead and doing it. Um, oh, yeah. Not necessarily like uh, you have to set a goal to, uh, you know, be performing in public in the span of six months or something. <laughs> but um, I'm... Actually, uh, later today, going to my second piano lesson. Hell and yeah. 
I'm so excited to share with my teacher what I've been practicing. And um, I've, I've been practicing um, a, a, a little um, melody by Robert Schumann uh, written for children um, nice. from his, uh, his album of works for children. Um, <laughs> and I've also, I, I found... Um, Adagio Patetico by Carl Maria von Weber on uh, IMSLP. And I've been just trying to put my fingers on it, trying to mm -hmm, figure mm -hmm. out um, essentially how to play it. Yeah. I can't play it uh, expressive like, you know, like a soloist. Yeah. And there's a lot of awkward pauses while I try to figure out, <laughs> you know, how to read music. But um, <laughs> yeah. It's been a lot of fun, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I recommend for anyone out there listening, if there's some activity you've been meaning to do, like going outside and going for a walk or something, and I don't know, maybe trying to appreciate a weird leaf that you find on the ground or something that you didn't know would otherwise be there, uh, yeah, just... Go ahead, and, go ahead and do that and see if it improves your day because I've been having a lot of fun. Hell yeah. I mean, the, I think that has this. been the most positive recommendation this show has ever had. So thank you, oh, Casey. Oh, my word. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have anything you uh, you want to plug before we, we, uh, we wrap this up? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, my word. Um, anything to plug? For myself, um, no, not really. Just uh, <laughs> be be kind to the people in your life. Hell yeah! Um, and don't be uh, like Peter Lowe. <laughs> yeah, use your manners and appreciate <laughs> the people around you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and on a on a less wholesome note, go follow Game Reel on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Uh, question mark on if that's going to still be there in the coming weeks. <laughs> uh, right. Oh, oh, Twitter itself, yes. Twitter itself, yeah, no. I, I mean, who knows how that's going to go down. It seems like there's some dangerous privacy issues going on on Twitter because Elon doesn't care about it. So uh, keep your eye out for Ooh. Game Reel on other social media. Uh, we'll keep you posted. Um. Or we won't, or we'll stay on Twitter and watch it burn. Who knows? Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah go follow us. About it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's I think all we've got for today. Uh, thank you for joining me, Casey. This has been lovely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, you're always welcome to come back anytime. Uh, we we love having guests on this podcast. We love talking to people about this movie. Um, uh, yeah, I've uh, I've been uh, Cassidy Easton, and this has been Casey Cronin. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Bye bye. Bye. Dream of me, my